I send you greetings from Chattanooga. As Joseph said, I've been there some 26 years now. Sometimes it may seem like 100 years, but I tell you, I'm blessed. I am blessed to be in the position I am in. I never asked to be in the position I was in. I was enjoying driving a truck. I had fun driving a truck over the road to and fro, uh, but God had other plans for me. God had other plans for me, uh, and so when God makes those plans in your lives, you, you accept what God says. It's one thing I found out about God is I never tell him no. I told God no one time, and I tell you what, he fixed me. He said, I'll tell you about that word no. Like a parent, you know a parent, the kids tell you no, and you're like, oh yeah, you don't tell me no again. And I told God no one time, and he, he fixed that for me as well. Like I say, I'm glad to be here uh, tonight. I don't know why Joseph chose me to come in and talk transformation, but we're going to run with it. I'm glad he did. It's good to see y'all as I was greeting people and people walking by and just made me, me and my wife feel at home here. I looked over at Lauren because my wife was shocked, and I'm like, is this Wednesday night or Sunday morning? Because it's just so many of you here. I've just never seen that before in all of my time. Most people on Wednesday nights don't show up, but I'm glad you're here. I think you're just here because you want to see me. So thank you for showing up just to see me. Transformation. Transformation is tonight we're going to talk about is one of those things that could, could be as a dramatic change, is what I like to say in things. A remodeling or renewing of things. And most people in life don't like change. Don't like now see, here's what you like to do when it comes to remodeling. You like to remodel the kitchen. For the past six months, I've gone into business with this young man, and we remodel homes, and we're working on this house right now, and they wanted their kitchen, she, let me change that, she wanted her kitchen completely remodeled. And so we're like, well, what do you want to do? She said, I want everything in my kitchen tore out. Everything. I want the cabinets, you can throw them in the trash. The countertop, you can rip it out. She said, I want the refrigerator, I want everything out. I'm completely redoing this. Well, your money, we'll fix it for the right price, and we'll re redo this here. We'll remodel for you. So she's like, okay. So we asked her, well, what kind of cabinets you want to put back in here? We're going to go down to Home Depot, and we're going to put certain cabinets. She said, no, nah, I don't like them Home Depot cabinets. I got a guy that builds my cabinets. Y'all, and she spent about $7,000 just on cabinets. Then she paid another six or $7,000 for granite countertops to come in to sit on those cabinets. Now, the... To me and the guy that's been remodeling for a long time, those cabinets look just like the same ones you can buy at Home Depot for about $3,000. But she's willing to spend a fortune on this kitchen remodel to have it look the way she wants it to look. The issue with this house is, is they remodeled downstairs too. And when they did that, Joseph, they pushed some of the flooring up and now the kitchen has a bow in the floor. Well, the only way to fix that is to completely rip out all the beams in the kitchen and reset them. Well, that's another $10,000 we told them it's going to charge you. Now, I don't want to do that. We'll just leave that bow in there. When it comes to transformation, such as a house, and Joseph and Lauren, them have transformed from an older house now to a newer house and going through that transformation, many will go through a transformation. We'll spend a fortune on things like a house transformation, remodeling. But how oftentimes do we stop and think about the transformation that we may need to take in our lives? We need to change and we need to remodel sometimes the, the lifestyle that we have. 
Are we willing to spend as so much time and the effort that it takes in remodeling ourselves, the transformation of ourselves, as we would put in a house or in other things in our lives? Matthew 9, 9 is where I had talked about, I mentioned when Joseph and I had talked about going through, and it's a story, a little short story. Many of us know it. It talks about Matthew. Before was Matthew, he was Levi. And, and, and he talks about as he's coming through here, Jesus is coming through here. You talk about there in verse 9, it says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Now, I don't know if you're like me and you're talking about tax people. We're not talking about Joseph's dad and his rest of his relatives. They're not the tax collectors. But I don't know if you're like me. This Uncle Sam individual that I've never met before, I can't wait till I meet my Uncle Sam one day. You say, well, Uncle Sam, for all this money that I've given you, you ain't it about time to do, you give me back some. Can I just keep a little bit of my money? And it's one thing that many of us don't like paying. We have to pay it, but we don't like paying the taxes. Don't like paying taxes. I'd rather keep that for myself. You, you've, gotten, you've gotten enough. And here, the tax collectors were those individuals that many despised. They didn't like the tax collectors. They didn't hang with the tax collectors. Well, the tax collectors were those individuals that kept taxing people, and not only were they taxing them, they were taxing them more than what was due. But I thought it was pretty interesting here what Jesus did. And it goes on, and it says, and as Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. He says, follow me, he told him, and Matthew got up and followed him. Now, probably along the way, Matthew had known a little bit about Jesus. He had known just a little bit about Jesus and who Jesus was. But you thought it was pretty interesting how this transformation happened, whether you got this tax collector where men don't want nothing to do with, and Jesus comes along and just says, hey, follow me. And at that instant, Joseph, he makes that change with no hesitation, and he gets up, and he does what? And he follows that of Jesus Christ. When we get to the point in our lives, we must learn that there's an old song that we sing a lot of times, that when the Savior calls, I will hear when the Savior calls, I will answer. And I often sit a lot of times, and I ask myself even that in times of my sitting and doing things, and Jesus has come by and he said, follow me, that I didn't listen. I didn't follow as Matthew did. I didn't get right up and follow like Matthew did. Transformation is one of those things that many don't like to do. It's not a comfortable feeling. Joseph said, well, Katie, I want you to come in and, 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 and talk a little bit about your story. The transformation that I made in my life. I'll tell you a little bit about KD. That's me. You ever known anything about Jehovah's Witnesses? My parents raised me, and they were both Jehovah's Witnesses. My mom and my stepdad until about the age of 17. Now, I say they raised me as Jehovah's Witness to about the age of 17 because that's when I decided I had enough of dealing with my parents. 
and I left home. You young ones, I don't dare encourage you to do that. That was not a good transformation. And I left home when I was 17. At that time, I was working two jobs. I had already had me a vehicle. My mom asked me, she said, well, where are you going? I said, well, I'm leaving. I said, well, mom, you always told me as a young, guy, young man. When I got to the point in my life that I got too grown to go by the house rules, don't let the door hit you. Some of you laughing because you know how the rest of that goes. And so she stopped me from leaving at the age of 17. But Joseph, I got smart the next go-round. I had already had me a place to stay and had everything worked out, and so I waited on my mom and my stepdad to go off to work. And when they went off to work, I loaded up what little I had into the back of my pickup truck, and I left. I was like Granny on the Beverly Hillbillies. I felt like I was the Jeffersons just moving on up. But I had nothing but me and my truck. And a young man that I was going to school with, he and I were... At that time, I called him my best friend. And he left home, too. And we both stayed in the same townhouse. We worked the same jobs the whole night. And I never, to this day, I've never had to go back home. Still to this day, right now, I work three jobs. I do full-time ministry. I help remodel homes, and I have 14 yards that I cut. I've never not worked. So some asked, well, Katie, why'd you leave? And I left home, and, and I was going through school. I enjoyed school until I hit high school. Once you got past the adding, multiplying, subtraction, and division, you lost me. So at that point in time in high school, I was not allowed to go to the high school I wanted to go to. I wanted to go to a certain high school in Chattanooga, and at that time, if you know anything about Chattanooga, it was called Kirkman Technical High School. And I want to go to Kirkman Technical High School because some of the older people that I were hanging around were brick masons. I liked what they did, and I wanted to be a brick mason. And my mom said to me, she looked at me, I said, Mom, I don't want to go to this school anymore that I'm going to. She said, well, that school you're going to go to. I said, why is that? She said, because the bus come right in front of the house. So I went to that school. I had no choice but to go to that school. I didn't enjoy that school. It wasn't a bad school. That's just not where I want to go. I want to be a brick mason. They want to teach me how to add and divide and everything else, and I didn't want to do any of that. Time went on and not a good transformation. Transformation from being 17 and moving out the house and going to school. We were down to one month left of high school, 12th grade. And I made another change in my life. I made another dramatic transformation in my life that I never encourage our young ones to do. I quit high school. I dropped out. People say, well, Katie, why'd you drop out and you was only a month away? Because I got tired of people telling me what to do. Lo and behold, didn't God show me some things? Even at the age 50 of I am now, people are still telling me what to do. But I'm okay with that now because I've learned better. So I dropped out of school, 12th grade. I didn't need no education. My thing was, I wanted to be a truck driver. That's all I want to do. So I went to truck driving school. I graduated with a 99.9% grade average. Went directly from school, directly the next day to driving the truck. Done that for 10 years. 
During that process of high school, Joseph asked me to bring this, and I brought that too. Because some of my kids that I deal with today, and they struggle in school and don't understand the importance of an education. And, and my thing is, you know, some kids are one of those ones where, you know, you're in this type of position or whatever, and you tell people just whatever you think that sounds good. And I like to back up, like with God's Word, I like to back up what I say. So when I told the young ones, Joseph, that I had quit high school and I played in high school, I went to high school for lunch. I went to high school for our shop because I enjoyed building things and doing things. And after that, that was it. I didn't care about high school. And my transcript shows that because I'll just give you an example. 12th grade, here's KD. First and second semester, F, F. That's English 12. American history, Joseph. Joseph's good at this. Here's my grades, F, D. See, as a kid, when I got an F, I tried to be slick because they would give me the report course to take home and I would try to curve that F. Just a little bit, you know, so it would slant over and make that A, but for some reason my mom always knew that that wasn't an A. Social studies, first and second semester, C, F, co-op, C, here's shop, B minus. I enjoyed shop. I enjoyed doing things with my hands. All right, you ready for this one here? Now hold, hold on tight. Bible. F. Biology. F. American history, C. But I was in school 95% of the time. See, the transformation sometimes that we put ourselves through, we don't realize what we're doing to ourselves and possibly what we're doing to others. And after I left home and I decided to drop out of school, because of being raised the way I was, because of being the type of child that I was when I was in school, and I remember being in school the first thing in class when you went to your first period or, or your homeroom class, the teacher or the principal came in on the loudspeaker. And they said, everybody stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. And because of the way I was being raised, I was the only one sitting still. When the kids had birthday parties and mom came around and brought cupcakes and everything for all the kids for the birthday, I always had a note. And I had to go either to the library to sit until the party was over with or I had to go to the principal's office until the party was over with. I just had a 50th birthday party. In all of my years, I've only had three birthday parties ever in my life. And so at that time, going through this transition that I was going through, this change, I regressed and I said, I want nothing else to do again ever with another church building. Because I looked around at all my other friends that I were hanging around, and it seemed like they were enjoying life. And I was isolated from everybody else. Then I had to realize as time went on and I did some of the things that I did. And some of my kids, because I tell them, I just, my wife tells me sometimes, Katie, you just talk too much. 
I just I tell my kids so they can understand that when I tell them things and you say, well, Katie, there ain't no way you ever did some of the things you're telling us. Yes, I did. I'm not proud of those things. And I used to go back and tell myself, man, I wish I could go back and if I had known then what I know now. But I learned this from somebody that I admire dearly, and that's Lauren's dad. Steve loves, I call him Big Daddy Fireworks. There's a story behind that one too. And that's one of my biggest admirers. And he told me one day, he said, Katie, don't ever want to go back and change what has happened in the past because it's the cost of the past and the stuff that you have gone through to help make you who the person you are today. It's because you are willing to change and transform from the world into what God has created you to be. When I dropped out of school, I had a, you know the old saying, well, it takes a village to raise a child. Too many times that don't happen enough nowadays. I still didn't care about school. What's the point? I got a job. But I had people that constantly stayed on me and on me and on me about getting my GED. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't like reading and never have liked reading. And I agreed to say, hey, okay, I'll try this. But Joe, they brought me a GED book and that thing was that thick. I don't think I could do with a book that thick and start a fire. There's a reason my Bible is this big because the words are bigger and it just seems like that I don't have as much compared to the small one. But they stayed on me and they stayed on me and people stayed on me. They cared. They saw something in KD that I didn't see in myself. See, in this woman's vision of this kitchen right now, she is seeing something in her vision about this transformation that her husband doesn't see. And so he kind of stays to the side, and she tells me and the guy everything that she wants done. Eleven years later down the road, I'll never forget it. After I took the GED test finally, they told me it was on the way, and I checked that mailbox every single day. And I have gone, and I've been with young ones that I've helped raise up throughout the inner city communities. I've gone to their graduations, and it's like me, myself, going through graduation. I've never walked across the stage of graduation. I've never grabbed a diploma or anything like that. But I tell you, the day that I walked down that sidewalk, Joseph, and I opened up that mailbox, and there was my diploma, one of the happiest kids that I was, and walked down my own aisle there. You got to understand that people have asked, well, Katie, how do you become the person you are today if you went through so much then? And of course, I leave a lot out from you to know about me. And I said, because you got to understand that transformation or change in people's lives is the, what I've gone through wasn't easy. When they tell people one of the first things you have to realize is that when you're an alcoholic, in order to get help, you've got to realize that I'm an alcoholic and I need help. I had to realize, KD, let me look in the mirror. You need help. I needed some help. Even being raised the way I was, I knew one thing. I was not created for what I was doing. I was created for bigger and better things in life than what I was doing with my life. So I got married, first marriage, when I was 19 years old. 
I got married to the lady that I was married to at that time. She had two kids, and at that time, I adopted both of them, and they were six and eight years old. They've been my kids ever since. What's interesting about this situation is that she was a member of the Church of Christ. At that time, it was the Rivermont Church of Christ in Chattanooga. And she and the kids would go to worship every single Sunday morning and Sunday night, and then on Wednesday, they'd always ask me, going to worship with us? Nope. Next Sunday, you going to worship with us? Nope. You going to work? Nope, but you're going. I'll drop you off even if your mom's not going, but you're going. I said, one of these days down the road, I'll surprise you, and I may go. My father-in-law called me. And he said, hey, I want you all to come over and have dinner. I said, okay. He said, but I need for you to do something for me. And I said, well, what's that? He said, I need for you to bring that Bible you've been reading. I, I didn't think nothing about it, y'all. I brought the Bible with me. I hadn't been reading it. This was wintertime, and I got there to the house and came on in the house, y'all. And he said, well, let me see that Bible. And he took the Bible, that Bible that I had in my hand from Jehovah's Witness. He chunked it in the fireplace, and it caught fire. And I looked at him like, in the world, you done lost your mind. He looked at me without any hesitation because he was just that type of person. Whatever he thought he was going to do, there was no hesitation about it. And he looked at me, he said, now here's your new Bible. And it was an orange Bible with my name engraved on it because he knew I was a big Tennessee fan. And I still have that Bible still to this day. That's where my transformation began to happen from my father-in-law at that time. Because of what I saw in him, I said, I want to be just like him. Because the lifestyle that he lived and the things that he did, the accomplishments in his life, I wanted to be that way. The problem in today's world that many don't like to change. We like to stay in our own comfort zone and we like to feel good in our own comfort zone. At Chattanooga Inner City Outreach, the program's been running over 30-something years. As of last year, March of last year, we, became, we came down to one staff member, and that's me. I'm the director. I'm over the whole program now. Wow, what a lot to bite off. And I told him I would accept the position. I had already been doing it for 20-something years. And I was just like, man, you know, this pizza's pretty easy until you actually get the pizza on the plate by yourself. And you're like, okay, this is a lot to chew off on. Well, in that process, I've made, some, I've made some changes. I've got one more change to make, and I told Joseph about that tonight. I'm going to share that change with you and tell you how transformation and change people don't like, but there comes a point in time that change is necessary. Change is needed. Remember Joseph said tonight, you know, the change from the house that they've been in for the past 11 years. It's been great. Memories have been made. But I heard Joseph say this, but I'm looking forward to making new memories in my new home. I saw his mom post that on Facebook, and you'll continue making memories. But people don't like change, and so this is how we run our program. We've got some buses, and we go through three different inner-city communities, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday night, and we pick up these kids from preschool through eighth grade, and we take them to a different church, and we have Bible class with these kids. We sing songs with them on the bus. They'll go to Bible class. They'll have Bible skits, Bible stories, crafts, snacks, 
put them back on the bus, sing songs, and we'll head back home. We'll do that from about 6.30. Last, we normally get home about 9 o'clock at night, three times a week. So the workers, would, for instance, if we were doing it here, the bus would be here. Those that would be with the program would show up here. We would get on the bus, go to the community, pick the kids up, and bring them right back here to this congregation and do all what I just said. And I got to thinking. I said, I want to change the way we do this in the next year or two. They, some ask, well, what kind of change you talking about? I told you. People don't like change. Because change makes us get out of our comfort zone. But there's time things change. And they said, well, what kind of change are you talking about? I said, well, this is what I want to do. I said, well, I got to thinking. I said, well, Jesus and his 12 disciples, would he say, okay, group, there's the bus outside. Let's go get on the bus. Let's go pick up these inner city kids, and we're going to bring them back to where we feel good and where we feel safe, and we're going to teach Bible class, and then we'll take them home. I said, or do you think that maybe Jesus would say, all right, disciples, let's get on the bus. We're going to go to the inner city community. All right, now I want you to get off and go teach Jesus throughout the community. And I mentioned that to some, some of our volunteers, and some of them gave me this big-eyed look like a deer in headlights. And they thought about it for a minute, and they said, you know what? I think you're on to something here. I think that's the way Jesus would have us to get on the bus and we're going to go to the inner city communities and we're not going to pick them up. We're going to bring them back, try to build them because we feel safe because of our comfort zone. We need to make some changes in life. We need to let this community know that we care. And we've had a little bit of backlash from the change that hasn't even happened yet. And we get into those positions, we get into those ruts where the transformation in our lives. You see, if I had a stayed the person that I was back then and resisted and rejected change, where would I be? If Matthew had just sat there when Jesus said to follow me, where would Matthew be? But not only that, when... Jesus told Matthew to follow me, and he got directly up and followed Jesus. Then he had a feast. Matthew had a feast at his house and invited, hey, you other tax collectors that don't know about alike, come over to my house, and we're going to hang out, and we're going to have a feast. But lo and behold, guess who was there with them? There was Jesus amongst them, eating with the tax collectors. And I love what he says when he goes on and, and, and they, the people begin to, to question Jesus. Why do you eat and why do you fellowship with them? He goes on and he tells them in, in verse 12, he says, It is not the healthy who need a doctor. When the last time you felt really good and you called a doctor and said, I need to make a visit? I ain't think so. I don't like doctors. My wife always tells me, I can get an ache or a pain. You know, that happens when you turn 50, I was told. She was like, well, we got insurance. Why don't you go to the doctor? I do like I do like old kid. Mm -hmm. Us men, some of us, we know how we are. Go on to see a doctor. Mm -hmm. Don't want to. I'll be all right. I'll take a pill. be all right. No, you need to go to the doctor. I've never known anybody to come in and say, I want to go to the doctor. Why are you here? Well, I just, how do you feel? Well, I feel great. And he says that 
It is not the healthy who need a doctor. You see, it wasn't. But the sick, verse 13 says, but go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. So you wonder, when they ask Jesus this question and trying to figure out with Jesus, why are you hanging with those people that, that are taxing these people? Why are you hanging with these people that, that, that are not forming? The way they act. And he said, because I come to seek those that are sick. It is interesting that when Jesus talks this way and he tells us these things because as a Jehovah's Witness and walking the streets on a Saturday morning when many of you were young or even older and you hear that knock on a Saturday morning, you know there were those knocking on your door. And I was doing that as a young kid. And I had the group then last week from Savannah, Tennessee, and we knocked doors around our church building. And I think if we knocked 50 doors, there was only one person that told us to don't come into their yard. But there were a number of people that said, hey, you must have been God sent. I'm struggling. I need prayer. Will you pray with me and for me? There are people in this world that want to change. But there are also many people in this world, not only do they want to change, they just don't know how to change. And it is going to take people like you and me to knock the doors of these individuals and share Jesus with these individuals to help them teach and transform themselves. To change their lives. My wife sometimes tells me, she said, baby, I said, what's that? She said, Sometimes I wonder, the only way I'm going to get to heaven is because of you. Because of the change that I have made, and see, there's the transition that has changed because there are see things that have changed in my wife, and I mentioned it to her. And I've tried to teach people and tell people, when we get to the point, you get to the point in your life, and you're willing to change and transition to the form of God. You're changing to that child of God that he has created us to be. The feeling that you get, see, when I get ready and leave here, I got to go by the kitchen because Lauren has fixed me a key lime pie. And if you have not had Lauren's key lime pie, shame on you, if you like key lime pie. And she made me one. And I told my wife, well, you got to drive home now because I'm going to get a fork to go, and while you're driving, I'm going to eat this key lime pie. There's going to be a transition in the car. What I'm saying is that when you have tasted, see, I have tasted the key lime pie, and my wife will tell you that there are other places we go to for restaurants, and they'll have key lime pie, and she'll say, you're going to get the key lime pie? And I said, nope. Why aren't you going to get the key lime pie? Because it don't taste like Lauren's. Or it doesn't taste like a grandmother's key lime pie. I don't want it. I know what it tastes like even without eating it. Right now, I can taste it. When you have tasted Jesus, when you have tasted that of God and the blessings that he can bring you when you transform and change into your lives, you won't go back to the frozen key lime pie. You won't go back to the artificial stuff. 
And so we ask people all the time, change, transform. When he mentions that not to be just because we are a part of this world, because we live in this world, don't be a part of this world. And so we must transition ourselves to be like that of Christ. People isolate themselves because of fear of change. There's a separation in this world because of the fear of change. Transitioning. And we must not be that way as children of God. We must help each other transform and change each other and change the way this world is. People have asked KD, I've had city officials ask KD, they, KD, I, I hear you work with inner city kids. Yeah, I do. Well, what do you think is the solution to the, to the violence and stuff that's going on in Chattanooga? Do you really want my answer? Uh, they think, well, okay, I, I don't know if I'm biting off more than I can chew here. Yeah, I want your answer. Honest truth. It says two parts to it. One, Jesus. Two, come out from behind your cubicle that you work behind from 9 to 5 at least sometime and go into the community and grab a child by their hand and share Christ with them. I said, stop raising my taxes. Stop wanting to do this and that and raise more money to build another building so that the boys can go shoot basketball. So we can put more bumper pool in centers and stuff. I said, no, we need to get out and spend time with the kids. Hadn't heard from them since. But as I know, they're still behind their cubicles from 9 to 5. It was my father-in-law at that time that helped KD make that transition. It's because he took me by my hand. Well, first of all, he threw the Bible that I had in the fireplace. But then he took me by my hand and he said, hold on, I'm going to help lead you in which way God wants you to be. And he says, look here, I want you to understand, it's not going to be easy. But the reward will be eternal. Now that doesn't make me perfect. Nowhere near, trust me. I could tell you plenty more stories after that. Praise God for the God that I serve and you serve, that we have a God that forgives. We, have, we serve a God that is merciful, that is loving. And so we pray, I pray that we make change in our lives and we accept change in our lives. That we transform ourselves into the way that God would have us to go and the way that He would have us to be. One of the greatest things that, that I feel made me feel so good is when I'm standing here and as everybody walks past me, I get a handshake and a mention of names. It's like I've been here before. I have one time, but that's been a long time ago. And that's the change the world needs to see. And I've told our congregation many a times, I said, you know, we sit around here and we, we talk about people. We, we frown, woe is me all the time, Joseph. You know, the trials and the struggles I go through are just so tough. And I said, you know, sometimes it's just all it takes is a smile. 
And we walked the doors last week and we knocked on one, a young lady. She looked at us and she said, you know what, that's the one I said that God sent. She said, I've got anxiety. I've got depression. I've got three kids that are getting on my nerves. But I'm also looking for a church home. We prayed with her. And when Savannah left, on Sunday morning, I mentioned to the congregation, especially the women, I said, now here's her address. And I said, now write her a word of encouragement. This may change this individual's life. You may help her transform into just a wonderful, better individual than she is. I said, but not only that, I pray that somebody in our congregation will just stop by her door and knock on her door and say, hey, I just came by to see how you're doing, if I could pray with you. We had an individual, we had a young lady who stopped by there. And a lot of times, that's all it takes in our lives for us to transform and move on into things and teaching that of people of Jesus Christ. Transformation is like that kitchen. Right now, while we've taken the past two and a half, three weeks of putting these people's kitchen back together, she doesn't see the end result of when it's going to be done. She keeps wondering, well, when are you going to finish? When are you going to finish? Well, demo was quick and easy. Putting stuff back together is not so fast. But once it's all done, I will be able to see the vision and the light in this woman's eyes, and she will glow at how beautiful her kitchen would be. Now, I'm speaking ahead of that. I only say that because every time we go and remodel somebody's small project or whatever it is, next thing you know, they want us to move on into the rest of the house. And so I can imagine that's what I'm saying. When we take change and you watch this transformation, it's not an easy process. It's not a light process, but it's a rewarding process when it is complete. It's like putting together a puzzle. You know how you put together a puzzle? We always start on the outside and build a frame first. doesn't look that great. You get some pieces put in the puzzle. I get a little bit of vision now. Ah, you work on a little bit longer. Got a little bit more vision. When is it all really worth it? It's when the whole puzzle has been put completely together. When the puzzle is completely finished and put together, then you sit back and you look at that puzzle and say, man, that's a nice puzzle. That's a nice picture. And as a child of God, as we change in you, God places people, like those puzzle pieces, places people in our lives. And the big picture, as we would say it in, in the inner city, the big picture is closing in the big picture of how God wants us to be. Because now I can sit back and I can look in the mirror at myself. I sleep good now. And I can look back and I look in the mirror and I say, wow, look what God has done. I didn't do it. God did it. And God still has a lot to do with me. He still has more. But one thing that I leave myself is I leave myself open to change. I leave myself open to transformation. And so I pray. That we as a family, we leave ourselves open to change and transformation. That we're willing to do as Matthew, when Jesus comes by and he just openly says, follow me, we're willing to say and leave all. 
leave everything at the table and leave everything behind us and just get up and say, okay, I'll follow. I don't know what's ahead of me, but I'm willing to trust you because you're Jesus. And I know wherever you're going, wherever you lead me, as many would say, it's all good. I know that wherever you lead me, the road may be a little rough. But I know you're going to carry me through this. No matter what happens. God never told us as children of God that being a child of His would be peaches and cream. We were going to have to go through some trials and some struggles. Even His own son had to go through some things. But He just says, stand firm and be still. Trust me. I've got you. He said, if I take care of the birds in the air, what makes you think that I won't take care of you? Because of my transformation from what I've told you the way I used to be, that I'll never walk again into a church building, I want to drive a truck for the rest of my life. And God changed me and moved things around in my life that I've been where I've been now for the number of years that I've been there. And we continue to seek. We continue to teach. We continue to plant the seed of that of Jesus Christ throughout Chattanooga inner city communities. I ask you to pray for our young ones and the older ones in our inner city communities in Chattanooga. That they accept transformation. They accept that when Jesus come through their lives, that they would do just like Matthew and get up and just follow. There's a lot of things that our young ones in our communities follow. And a lot of things that people are following today are part in this world only leading to one place, and that's to a quick funeral home. And you might not keep up with stuff in Chattanooga, but Chattanooga has its, its issues like any other place. It's probably not every day that we have a shooting. And it's not just a regular shooting, it's where someone dies. We have a family member who just lost two people in one week to violence on the streets. Satan is running rapid throughout Chattanooga and throughout all this world, seeking whom he may devour. And we're needing people to transition and change their lives. And it's you and me that are the ones that are going to have to teach these individuals. We're going to show these individuals through the lifestyle that we live as children of God. So pray for Chattanooga. Chattanooga is in the business now of, of getting rid of our inner city housing projects. It's all about money. And I say that because when, you know, when many people see or hear stuff on, about inner city, you, you do. You think about drugs, violence, gangs, those things do exist. But they not only exist in the inner cities, they exist in your neighborhoods too. You just may not know about them. But I can tell you there are some good-hearted people in our inner city communities. There are some good-hearted people that love Jesus just as much as you do in our inner city communities. 
was, was coming through Chattanooga right now. If you hadn't seen their downtown area, there's a revitalization going on. And it's all about the dollar. And they're taking over downtown, and one of our inner city communities is being taken from them. Their homes. Individuals that have been in their homes now over 11 years, 20 years, 30 years. In this one community, the way they have two years, and the city is taking it. And not only are they taking that community, there are some other taller uh, communities that, that live out there where older, retired people live. And I don't mean low income. I almost mean no income. And they're taking their facilities as well. And they will have to go through a transition. And there are some that I've come across that have already said, I don't care, until they see the tractors, they're not leaving. They mentioned to most of them a year or so ago, they gave them a voucher, said you can go ahead and take the early leave and take a voucher. And people say, well, where are the people going? They have to go Section 8 or you've got to go somewhere. What's Section 8? Well, Section 8 is your neighbors. They can use that throughout the state of Tennessee. And Section 8 is people that rent out houses and they just go through the government and you guarantee a certain amount of money. But they're taking these people's homes and they don't care where they're going. They're going to have to go through a transition, a change in their lives. So pray for them and pray for us in Chattanooga, the outreach program that, that we run as we pick up these young ones and we teach them, Jesus, how to deal with things in life. That even though they live in these inner city communities, they don't have to respond to things the way the street tells them to respond. Change. Change hurts but a lot of times change is needed. Transformation hurts, but transformation is needed in our lives.